Welcome to the Discover Your Ann podcast. This podcast will highlight unique opportunities and exciting topics about the College of Arts and Sciences at Mississippi State University. The College of Arts and Sciences is the largest college at MSU and we have majors in every subject area. Students within the College of Arts and Sciences learn about the physical sciences, the social sciences, and the humanities, which we feel prepares our students for all types of careers and graduate programs. And it's what encourages our students to discover their end. I'm your host, Hannah. And I'm your host, Ava. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Discover Your And podcast. Today, we are with senior psychology major, Vasila Dow, to discuss mental health for students. I'm your host, Hannah. And I'm your host, Ava. So we know how important the topic of mental health is, especially during such an uncertain time with the coronavirus going on. It affected us, first of all, when we went into quarantine and lots of people lost their jobs. And now students are back on campus, but half of us are online and doing things online. So everything's crazy now. Uh, but Facilla, we're so glad that you're here to discuss this with us today. So one of the things that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about was the importance of a healthy routine which I think is very important for all students to have, especially during this time. Could you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, of course. And thank y'all for having me. So one of the important things about a healthy routine is exercise. And I hate running. I hate exercising, especially because cardio just gets me and I'm a heavy sweater even when walking. But exercise does create endorphin rushes, which is really great for you know feeling that relief I'm just feeling good because endorphins, if you don't know, are natural painkillers. And also another important thing to have in a healthy routine is balancing your diet. Because this can help you think a little more clearly, be a little bit more alert for class, and just overall, just like exercising, that endorphin rush, ooh, that makes me feel good. And the last thing I want to talk about is sleep. Oh my gosh. I know us college students like to cram, but do not lose your sleep is so important because it helps with everything physically cognitively and emotionally so don't yell at your partner or your mom or your dad just get some sleep and you'll eat good and you'll feel good yeah i definitely agree it's hard to exercise it's sometimes not fun especially if you're out of shape i was walking up some stairs this past weekend and was kind of embarrassed that i <laughs> ran out of breath that fast but definitely sleep it's so weird because it's so simple, you know, it's just, well, go to bed. But when there's so much going on in real life, I totally get that. Sometimes it's just hard to go to bed at a normal time every night. And then for me, waking up early can be hard anyway. So I'm really glad you brought up the simple things to express again how important they are. Yeah, I agree with you, especially um, on the sleep thing. I know as college students, it is so hard to get a good night's rest because we're doing all types of different things. But just with everything that you've mentioned, just in general, I I do agree. I think it's really important to just kind of what something that I personally do is I have a planner and I, I'm kind of crazy with this, but I like to plan my days out by the hour. So <laughs> I'll say this, okay, when I wake up at eight, these, these are the things that I'm going to get done. This is the class that I have to go to. So if you have to literally write out the this is the time where I have 30 minutes to take a nap and I'm going to take my nap. I think that would be so important and so beneficial for students. So uh, having a healthy routine is so, so important. 
Basila, tell us a few coping strategies for people who might be new to, you know, mental health issues or, you know, people that have had mental health issues um, regularly, even before COVID. So give us a few coping strategies that are important now, you know, with COVID going on. Yeah, of course. And I know when we hear coping strategies, it's like, oh my God, what the heck is that? It's a strange and difficult world that I have no idea what I'm going to do. But something people do every day that is a coping strategy is journaling, if you can believe it. Writing down your feelings just every day about, hey, what was I frustrated about? Why was I frustrated? Who did this? Who did that? It's actually proven to be as helpful as going to therapy. So you guys just get your diary out. Don't let anyone make fun of you. Do that journaling. Wow, that's interesting. Who would have thought that? I um I feel like coping strategies kind of goes along with um, self care, so can you talk to us a little more about self care? Yeah, of course. So self care is a little bit like coping strategies, but it's more about what you do for yourself to just kind of mellow yourself out. Mm-hmm. So this can be for me like taking a bath and just you know got a cold soda in my hand and just maybe like <laughs> listening to music or reading a book and just. Uh, my body is totally relaxed with the bath salts that I use. And you can also, you know, some people like to read a book or go outside and go hiking. Those are great things. Nature is great for you to recharge your whole body. Yeah. Well, going back to some coping strategies, I know that you mentioned, you know, before we got on the podcast, the importance of just breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. So, and those seem so simple. So tell us a little bit more about them. Yeah, so there's this thing called diaphragmic breathing, and it's basically taking deep breaths, but breathing through your stomach or diaphragm versus your lungs. So when you regularly breathe, you know, like right now, you can feel it through like your top part where your chest is. But in order to use diaphragmic breathing or relaxation breathing, you put your hand on your stomach just below your chest. And then you take deep breaths and you can feel your stomach just kind of like expanding and then going back in. And that really helps with, you know, just all of the biological stuff in your body, just reconnecting and taking control for you to be okay. I definitely did that when you were talking about it. So, (laughs) and I, you know, found a difference. So yeah, that's something that I've heard too before and it's so funny because sometimes when I'm talking to you know friends over text message that just stop what you're doing and take three deep breaths and I remember one time I sent that to a you know friend group message and I randomly said hey everybody stop what you're doing right now and take three deep breaths and I you know they were texting me back wow I really needed that you know, and it's just so simple. Like so many people just like breathe. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. this one, it's the simple things in life, the small things that especially students now in this time need to take out, take, take out time in their day to just do the simple things. Like, let me just stop and breathe because your head is spinning. We have so many different things going on. And like I was saying earlier, 
um, so many students now, I feel like say, we don't have a set routine. We kind of just have to roll with the punches. So if even taking those two seconds to just stop, okay, let me breathe, let me sit, let me meditate for a second. I think that would be so helpful. Uh, Vasila, do you have any advice for students that are kind of dealing with stress and anxiety during this period of time? Well, uh, besides self-care and coping and things that you can do yourself, it's important to have a support system. Social support is big on the research I do in my lab. And really having that person to you know, check up on you and say, hey, you're doing great. You know, don't put too much on you, work less, take a break every once in a while. That's really helpful. But if you can't, you know, you can't do things by yourself, you don't like to journal, you can go and get those outside resources. Like on campus we have, you can go to your RA, they are trained for this. They really are. They're wanting to help you. They're here to make your college a journey a success. You can go to your Dean of Students. They have food assistance. They have bullies closet. You can go to student counseling. They have workshops specifically tackling anxiety and depression. And then we also have the psychology clinic and the longest health center. So I totally recommend you just taking advantage of what you have now, because those things are not going to be with you forever. Like this, variety of help for you. We're here for you. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's really important to note that when I talk to prospective students, and I use prospective students as an example, I actually just talked to some right before this meeting, and I'm, I just try to get them to understand that there are so many resources available to students that I don't even know all of them. Yeah. And, you know, I tell them, what other time in your life are you going to have these at your fingertips? Just like you said, these things are on campus. You know, you might be in a residence hall right by the, you know, student counseling center. And we tell students all the time, you know, perspective to senior year graduate students that the student counseling center is a licensed you know, full-time office that there is no stigma about, that you should not be afraid to reach out to them because it's just a resource waiting to be used while on campus. So I'm really glad you brought those things up because like you said, there's more than one and we understand that mental health is very serious. And at MSU, we make sure our students, you know, know about these things. Basila, you mentioned um, some of the research you do on campus, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So one of the research topics that I've hit heavily on is coping strategies. That's why I like talk about it on end to end. So one of the things about coping strategies is that there's two big ones that are very helpful for specific groups. So one of the coping strategies is approach coping. So you have to get this off your chest. You have to talk about it with someone and tell them, hey, this made me really upset and I need to figure this out for myself. But with avoiding coping, they don't want to talk about it, just like in the name avoid. They just say, hey, I can figure this about myself. I don't want to stress anyone out with my problems. And you might be thinking, hey, that's me, or approach coping, that's me. And we found that with you know, Asian populations, they typically use avoiding coping and it helps them. That might be strange because we in America, we usually talk about our problems and you know, promote therapy. And that's true in Western populations, 
they use approach coping and it helps significantly for them as well. So just knowing as a therapist what coping strategy to advise to certain populations, super important. So take this with a grain of salt, do what helps you. So you might be, you know, in a Western country and think, hey, says that many is use approach coping, so probably should use it. No, do what helps you to breathe, to live, to survive, to have fun. This is life, this is college. We're doing great, we're gonna survive. Yeah, and I know this might be a, oh, I'm sorry, Hannah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ava. Uh, I know this might be a weird question, but have you found that some coping strategies are better for college students than others? See, see, these things are very specific to cultures. Cultures. So, yeah. So there's Southern cultures, so like in Alabama, Mississippi, uh, they usually kind of more conservative and tend to avoid their problems. And I don't want to call anyone out. No, I'm just saying what the research tells me. So avoidant coping actually does kind of help them sometimes because they're like, I'm just going to do my thing, let it ride out, and it's going to be okay. And it works for them because that there's this concept in psychology where if you think something to be true, you're going to live your life like that. So if I think I'm going to fill my test, I'm going to bombard myself, you know, with doubts and say, hey, I'm definitely going to fail. So I should just not even study. And that's what happens. They fail because they believe that. But if you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Yeah. That's, you know, something really cool to think about that it's not cliche that, like you said, that's what the research says. And that is so interesting that you said it ranges by culture because I think sometimes, and you're the psychologist, Vasilla, so. I just think sometimes that people look at others who are using coping strategies and different self-care techniques and they think, well, that's not working for me. I guess there's just no hope. Mm -hmm. But like you just said, like you, what you think might be the complete opposite for what's best for you based on your culture, where you live and, you know, a bunch of different things. So that's really interesting. Tell us, you know, how you got involved in this research on campus because this is really interesting stuff. Yeah, so, oh, okay, just to start out, I know we're in the College of Arts and Sciences, but I started out in the engineering department. I looked up to my sister and she was an engineering major. And as a doting little sister, I was like, hey, I can do this too. And I did, I went through with it and with my freshman year, second semester, I took a gen site course and there are these TAs there who is now my research mentor but she was talking about her research in psychology and I was completely enthralled I was like okay I need to talk to her so I emailed her I said hey is there any way I can help out with this research that you're doing and she told me to contact her advisor Dr. McKinney and you know see if you're a good fit and I was like what okay So I go in, I'm sitting around this group of people and they're just people like me, curious about the world, curious about psychology. And I was like, this is what I wanna do. (laughs) So I did, I joined the lab, ended up being in this lab for three years already. And that's all you have to do, you have to reach out. I think people who are the most successful, they reach out, you know, they look for opportunities to fit themselves. 
Yeah. What do you feel like is the most interesting thing that you found from your research? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, okay, believe it or not, personality research is fairly new, which is crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, you with first impressions, you look at someone, you're like, oh, I already know how you're like. You're probably super fun at parties and we're just going to get along ASAP. And it's crazy because continually our whole lives we think about personality but it's still something that we have yet to discover some people believe that we all have the same personality you know you whatever comes to you whatever situation that you're in makes who you are well that's kind of depressing (laughs) because we have the same personality well we should probably get along with everyone or not get along with everyone so i think personality and how we specify it. So far, we have five factors to define who we are, which is crazy to me. So yeah. that's probably the most interesting thing that I've researched so far. Wow. Do you think, oh, I'm sorry, Hannah, I keep interrupting you. Oh, no, you're good. I mean, I think me and Ava both find this very interesting, so we can't get all of our questions out. <laughs> I think that's really interesting because when you say personality, I think about personality tests. And yes. how everybody, you know, is like, what number are you? Or what are your letters on the personality test you took? And, you know, sometimes I think, well, if you answer the question, you happen to answer the question the same as somebody else. Does that really mean you're the same? So I think that's really cool you brought that up because I feel like those are so popular. You know, when people are like, oh, I'm a three and I'm a three too. So, yeah, which I haven't taken that test, so I don't know what number I am, but that's that's really cool. But Ava, what were you going to ask? No, I was actually going to say something along the same lines that you were saying, Hannah, how interesting that is. Uh, and I find it really interesting that personality research hasn't been really such a thing so far. That's so interesting to me, especially like you were saying, Hannah, with everybody taking these Enneagram tests and things like that. So I would love to really know more uh, professional information about personality research and what that has to do with specific people. Yeah, and that's why people take BuzzFeed tests. You know, what Disney princess am I, or what Disney villain am I? They really want to know who I am, and that ranges up to when we're, you know, eighty. We still want to know, hey, what kind of person am I? And those enneagrams, um, they're interesting. I mean, fun, but. They're not really personality tests, unfortunately, because they all, in the results, they all say encouraging things and along the same lines, kind of like Mm. horoscopes. Not to burst anyone's bubbles who, you know, (laughs) believe in that, but I did also some research with horoscopes. And they, you know, they look at the stars and the constellations, but since the time when we, you know, came up with, you know, Leo, Libra, and Virgo, that's changed over the years because of the location of this, the sun and the yeah. planet. So it's actually inaccurate now. And we don't know if it was accurate then. So that's something to think about. Yeah, that's, this is really cool stuff. You know, it's stuff that seems so simple until you start doing the research. So what other things have you been involved in with like research and, or just maybe, you know, a really cool internship you had or, you know, a really cool experience within the psychology department because we could talk to you all day, I feel like, and learn something, you know, as we just go along. So 
you know, tell us maybe about a really cool thing you've done in your department or a little bit more about your research. Yeah. So I don't know how well everyone knows me, but I'm president of Psych High. And through that, I've talked to my department head, Dr. Berman. And we kind of set up this little group to improve the department in a way. So we meet up with, you know, students who are very devoted to psychology. And we meet up with professors who are also the heads of, you know, undergrads, graduates, to kind of talk about what we can do to make things better for everyone. And one of the things that I really like doing with them was coming up with the 50th anniversary for the psychology department. We had this little event planned where we were going to be at Shorty's with formal paper and with like this poster. It was so crazy. And we also had mugs made saying, you know, 50th anniversary of psychology club, I mean, department. But unfortunately, you know, with COVID, mm-hmm. you know, oh, kind of yeah. affecting things, we didn't get to have it. There was going to be 80 plus people there. And that would have been so disastrous if we actually had that together. And I wanted to talk about my internship too, but it also got canceled. I was going to intern at a psychiatric hospital in Tupelo, my hometown. And I was going to actually, you know, do the, perform the test, the neurological test there. But, you know, just keep it in mind how lucky we are in a time when we don't have to quarantine. Like, just think about the stuff we could do and take advantage of it. Don't be a potato, couch potato. (laughs) Do the things. Yeah. You mentioned uh, being a part of, you said it's called Psychi? Yes. So um, could you tell me a little more, tell us a little more about what all you've done in Sakai? Yes. So Sakai is an international honor society. It's just for psychology majors. And it can be from undergrad to graduate students. But you have to be invited to get in. It's very exclusive like that. And one of the things we did recently was a Rorschach paint party. And if you don't know Rorschach, he's the person who came up with the ink blot test, the projective test, hmm. to observe your behavior and how you describe people or things. So you would look at a painting that's filled with ink blots and say, oh, this looks like a sun. This looks like people stabbing someone. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. and then you would determine <laughs> what kind of person they are, like what kind of personality they have. And it was really cool just going around seeing everyone's inkblot and kind of determining what you saw and then having the next person say, oh, this is the type of person they are because of what they saw in this painting. Huh, I'd be afraid to answer what I saw <laughs> in the inkblot. <laughs> yeah. that's, really, that's really cool stuff. And, you know, even though, like you said, things have been put off and, you you still had fun planning it and even though it really wasn't you know something that you could follow through with you still made those connections and still got that experience of preparing for something that big so I hate that it didn't mm-hmm. you know work out but it still sounds like you enjoyed it even though yeah it <laughs> so I feel like even that can go back to talking about mental health, because I know you said your internship got canceled. I had an internship that got canceled as well. So going back to that stressed and anxious feeling that we felt, it seems like you've done pretty well for yourself with 
um, being level-headed and saying, it's going to be okay. I'll have more opportunities. I've had opportunities in the past. So just calming yourself down in that way. Yeah. And that internship and anything opportunity in life, it's not make or break. And (laughs) it's kind of, you know, blunt to say, but it's not the end of the world. You know, you made that happen. You had the opportunity to pursue an internship. You got accepted. So what if it was canceled? There's going to be more opportunities in the future. And I'm Ava, I'm sorry to hear like how common it is for things like that to get canceled and, you know, job loss as well. But we as, you know, MSU students and people in general, we can make it through. Yeah. I mean, like we say all the time, we really are family at Mississippi State. So I think you talked about really great things. I learned so much just in this short conversation, but what I would, you know, like to end with is for you to talk about those resources again on campus, because I think those are just too important to only mention one time. Yeah, like we've mentioned and, you know, kind of like slammed on repeatedly is we're here for you on campus. We have many, many opportunities for you to reach out and get that help that you need. So we can go to your RA, because they are super trained for this. You can go to the Dean of Students. They have food assistance. They have Bullies Closet. They have student counseling. We have a very small wait list right now, very small. So you can make an appointment right now and have one you know, two days from now and just meet someone and just talk it out. They have support groups and group therapy. If you don't want to go out because you're at risk, we also have virtual Let's Talk programs. And then lastly, we have the psychology clinic and the Longest Health Center. They're here to take care of you. And I don't, I don't know if I can harp on this enough, but we are in a time on campus and in college where we are really wanting you to succeed there's not gonna be an opportunity for failure ever if you want to succeed. We want you to. Yeah. So come out and see these therapists they wanna see. Thank you for, you know, saying that again, because it's very important. Yes, thank you so much, Facilla, for coming and speaking with us about mental health. And like you said here, like all of us have said kind of on this podcast here at Mississippi State, everyone wants to see you succeed and to thrive. And that includes not just um, faculty, but also, like you said, the staff here on campus, the therapists here on campus, and your fellow students. We all want to see you succeed. But Uh, Again, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Facilla talk about mental health, and we will see you all for episode four. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for having me.